Hello and welcome to Movie Quest, the podcast where we each week take a film and dissect it and talk about it. This week it's a second in our series of Quentin Tarantino films and we'll be reviewing and talking about Pulp Fiction. I'm here with uh, Aaron and Johnny and my name is Ant and I guess what have you guys been watching this week? How have you, how have you guys been since we last recorded? Johnny, do you want to start answering that whilst I get my... Uh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, I've been good since last week or last time that we uh, went to the cinema. I think uh, once time in Hollywood, you know, I was thinking about it for a few days after watching it. It was it was a good film. Can we? Yeah, can we? Can we just talk? Because there is some yeah. stuff I wanted to say about it. So, read up about Sharon Tate. Oh yeah. Right. And just, I think, even though the punchline of the film didn't hit me when we watched it, the longer or the more time I spent thinking about it. And obviously reading about mm. Charles Manson, it definitely took the film from like a, you know, like a solid six to maybe like a 7.5. It definitely does affect what you, you how I you think so. feel about the f- film, I think. Like, just knowing what he's done and what and what sort of, how he treated Sharon Tate and how he gave her, how he showed her as a person. And like, because I think a big part of Sharon Tate is she's well known because of the Manson murders yeah. so almost yeah. like her humanity was taken away of her and she's just a story now and just another person who got murdered and it's a sort of sensational story and I thought it was quite nice that you spent a lot of time and just let her go into the cinema and watch I, the yeah, film exactly. and that sort of it's stuff really, it's, just, it's cute it's a really like, cute moment seeing her to be you know seeing her prepared to be a woman that sort do you know of when, like, when they were showing the, uh, the footage of the film that was actually oh, yeah. her in it yeah. but where there was film there was those parts where Leonardo DiCaprio's face was superimposed onto it that was that was actually the film, but it, they'd used like some face recognition technology yeah, to put it in. Oh, yeah. yeah. Um, so um, the, for, for that was his character. It was the the films that he was in. Right. Um, but that was used for more comical effect, whereas Sharon Tate was used just Loved to it. be like um, to actually show, show her as she was. Yeah. yeah. Loved it. I thought that was really. I think that's what I mean. These like waves of just like that was cute. That was yeah. cute. Well done. Good, like, good job. I think it makes the, the ending a lot more moving. Mm. I, yeah. Not, cause not, I, I don't want to go into it. Obviously, I'm not going to spoil it. But yeah, it definitely makes it a lot, feel a lot more satisfying to see how it end, turns out, I, I guess. But also sad as well at the same time. Yeah, anyway, I don't, we won't go into too much detail. Yeah, I just... Yeah, I so, think yeah. So, yeah, it's like, grown on me. I think uh, since watching that, I've like listened and read quite a bit about Once Upon a Time in Hollywood and it's kind of expanded on the story a bit for me so um yeah it's been good but besides that uh i've also watched a film basically help out a youth group once a week and uh we've got a bit of a summer break so it's kind of a bit casual what we do so i brought a selection of pg films oh, I did, right, yeah okay um, let's hear the selection wait so, no wait no can we just guess okay right, like so oh, North by Northwest, <laughs> uh, Das Boot, like yeah. just really getting into it. Like Das Boot, is that a PG? I have no idea. I, yeah, doubt, I, doubt, I doubt it. I <laughs> just think, what would you bring? I'm so, trying to think about all, so, all the DVDs that are in my collection. I've now, got. Yeah. I've got. There. there was there was five films that I brought. Okay. Uh, Cocoon. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> <That's cursing. laughs> That is a perfect Johnny film. Like that film is just so totally Johnny for some reason in my head. Like I think of that film, I think of Johnny. I think of old man Johnny having a swim in the. In the pool of all what the would these teenagers like to watch? Uh, Cocoon, not, not <laughs> Fortnite. Cocoon, uh, Big Fish. Okay, I, I yeah. Um, trying to think what else I brought. Edward Scissorhands. <laughs> okay. Yeah. I think Benjamin Button was in there. 
Is that a P? That's not a PG. Is it not? Is it not? Probably is. It might be. I'm not too I sure. Fifteen. Uh, and then there was another film. But out of those, which one do you think they they picked? Cocoon. <laughs> I'm gonna say. Edward Scissorhands. You're right. Edward Scissorhands. Oh. So um, most well known, isn't it? I think probably. Well, they they'd never seen it, and it was one that looked most like a horror film. Okay. I, I really enjoyed it. I really liked watching it again. I feel I haven't watched it in a long time, but I feel like it's got that. It's it's um. Tim Burton. Tim Burton is it? I think it's got like that sort of stylized. Is it fifties? It's set in fifties. Um, sort of kind of. Yeah, like yeah. Americana. Yeah. Sort of feel to it. Everything's very pastel and like pristine, and um, it's quite it's quite a contrast to where Edward's hands comes from from mm. the castle, which is a bit more gothic. Yeah, yeah. Um, but I've quite liked it. But it's really weird to think that that f- that film is almost thirty years old. I think oh it's twenty eight years old. That film. Wow. Twenty eight years old. That's- that's crazy. So it came out like two years after I was born. Wow. Which is... Yeah. I would have been three, I think. Yeah. I um, don't know. Do you know, right? I watched it... It was probably more... It was probably about six, seven years ago. It was whilst we were at uni. I didn't enjoy it. I'd, I'd seen it before. But I think that whole, like, Tim Burton sort of... The Tim Burton effect was... It's just kind of lost on me at the moment. I, I like, feel like that was Tim Burton... Like just just starting to get into his sort of prime. I mean, he went into Batman after that, which was quite good. Yeah, I think Penguin yeah, Batman. Yeah, I thought. And then Sleepy Hollow followed that. No, I'm into it. Do you not like Sleepy Hollow? Not really. No, I think I like that. One. I really like that yeah. film. Yeah. But then, like when he gets to Alice in Wonderland, that's where he kind of drops off a cliff. Yeah, for and me. then also like, is it Charlie and Chocolate Factory? Does yeah, yeah, yeah all that I sort never, of I ne- stuff. To be fair, I never watched that, but I never wanted to. And I was just like, yeah, I think a lot of the modern like. Tim Burton films are sort of like I've just never interested in them, in them for some reason just sort of put me off it's like a grotesque Disney yeah film kind of rut that he's it's also into. like very samey did he do um, Big Eyes yeah he did Big Eyes I that's on my list to watch I've, I've heard good things about that and I would like to watch it but yeah I mean so yeah it's good. it's a good film if you don't know anything about it it's about a guy who is called Edward uh, and he is born with scissor hands um so and he's also kind of not had any upbringing um so he's been left in this castle with uh scissor hands and then one day uh this avon representative from in the village below goes up and brings him back into the town and tries to integrate him into like this suburban americana um it's i think it's quite quite a, a nice sweet film um with some dark elements to it. And it shows Johnny Depp uh, prior to Pirates of the Caribbean, which yeah, yeah. is refreshing. Was that one of his first like breakout roles, or was he in a few before that? It was probably one of his first big roles, yeah. but I'm not too familiar with yeah. his uh, catalogue of early work. Mm. Um, I, so just, yeah. I just... I, my, <laughs> yeah, I know just those... Clip, clip that, words, Aaron. Words, use your words. The problem is, it's the same. I have the same issue with him and Will Smith. Is they do this thing where they like Will Smith just like Will Smith's it, yeah. or Johnny Depp just Johnny Depp's it, and it's like I find it takes me out of the film because they just do the same tropes and use the same facial expressions and like whenever Johnny Depp's you cast see, in a film, you see Johnny Depp. Yeah, I don't, I don't think Johnny Depp could Johnny Depp it at that point because he was, yeah, was fairly yeah. early into his career. But I was. One of the things I was thinking about is like some of the kids who I was watching with are sort of 12 to 15. Yeah. Like that film would have been like for me at that age watching like a film from like the 
early yeah, yeah. 80s yeah, or 70s. Yeah. So when I was asking him at the end of it, what did you think of the film? And it was like, it was okay for an old film. I was like, what? Uh, it's not an old film. <laughs> and they, so they were sort of, to them, that's that's kind of, a, don't, a, don't, that's don't, in the past. Don't maybe. let them watch uh, North by Northwest, Johnny. You'll, yeah. be, you'll be very yeah, sad. It, yeah, yeah. But uh, anyway, so uh, Aaron, what have you been watching? So I've got two things. One's a TV program. No surprises there. No right. You looked. I love that you look shocked. Then I thought we're gonna we're gonna make a joke. I kind of say I've got a, I've got quite a bit. So do you want to just take it in turns? Maybe do you want to, do you want to say one? And then oh I'll yeah, I mean it's only two things, and there'll be okay. one's really quick. Okay, I'll do the TV program. I'm watching a TV program on Netflix called Better Than Us. It's like a Russian thing. All right. It's by um, robots, and essentially. <laughs> Wait, is it a is it a, like a a, dra- a, a fictional? Yeah, fictional. Yeah, it's not like a it's fictional. Yeah, so. in a fictional in the future, like basically robots are like part of the human race, and essentially they've just created this robot that can no surprises have feelings. Um, and the whole idea is that this person or this robot could be perfect and better than the human race. Yada yada yada. I'm watching it, just kind of waiting for like this Russian. When's the Russian, like, you know, subliminal messages going to come through? Is, like, it, a, is it a uh, Netflix production? It's, it's on Netflix, yeah. Is it, is it made by Netflix or is it is it a Russian TV show? Like, uh, you know what? I should have, I should have checked that. Like, have a look. Because it, it's interesting. I just, I don't know. I'm just kind of just watching it for watching it sick, I guess. But then sometimes, like, the relationships with the characters and stuff, like, are quite good. So yeah, it is a it is a Russian, completely Russian. Oh, excellent! Movie. So I am not crazy. That's that was my main main reason for like watching it was like, <laughs> right? Can I see the Putin in this? Like, Should have turned on with subtitles and there and see like secret <laughs> yeah. messages in there. Like I, I'm looking at the background, like you know, for the adverts and stuff, and I'm just like, where where's it coming? And then it's strange that Netflix have chosen this. Well, it's money in it. It's that, mm. and also like you know, they're not against everything Russian, are they? That's true. Maybe it was just going cheap, like yeah, probably. For it, so, so is it all in the Russian language? It's yeah, all, yeah. Right, okay, yeah. so interesting. Okay, and in terms of like, obviously, you watch quite a bit of sci-fi, yeah, sort of do. stuff, don't you? You watch so is it uh, what was the Blade Runner style show that was out on Netflix? Alt um, Carbon, is that what it's called? Oh yeah, Alt Carbon. Yeah. yeah. Is it um, in ter- obviously in terms of production values, it's going to be nowhere near. No. But what is it? Russian TV. Is it like uh, like nineties mid nineties TV or no, is like, it like, like early two thousands? Like yeah, yeah. Okay. I mean the dialogue isn't actually that bad and the complicated like the stuff with the characters is is okay, but then like how they treat women and stuff is probably a bit. Oh, I don't know. Like it's more Russian, right, I guess. Okay. Like, um, I I don't think I, I've I've only seen white people in it. Of course, I mean probably because most of them are Caucasian. Yeah, Russians. I mean, it's how many um, how many episodes are there? Third, 14, 14, 13, 13, 14. Is it's, it subbed or is it? It's subbed, yeah. And how okay. many seasons? Just one season. Just the one season. It just come out. Yeah. Are you guys thinking about it? I am. Yeah, yeah. That sounds interesting. <laughs> yeah. A Russian science fiction. I, let's watch it and then we'll talk about yeah, it, whether we saw any like subliminal messages in it. Um, the next thing I watched is it's called that awkward moment. Have you guys heard of it? Um, no. no. Stars Zac Efron, Miles Teller, Michael B. Jordan. I haven't, no. Um, the, is it a movie? Sorry. Yeah, it's a movie, yeah. So the premise is when Jason's relationship crumbles, his two best friends decide to show their solidarity by staying single until he gets ready to get back in the game. So it's basically just them, like, the three of them 
falling in love with different people and then Michael B. Jordan's character realizing that like the reason that his marriage has ended is because like his relationship was quite toxic. It's not funny and it's it's just rubbish. It was rubbish. It was rubbish. See, I really like Michael B. Jordan. Me I too. like uh, Miles Teller as well. He's yeah, me good. too. And Zac Efron. Guy from Whiplash. Zac Efron. Can't go wrong with Zac Efron. Uh, it's, got, it's got Mackenzie yada yada Davis. in there. Mackenzie Davis in there. So yeah. there's your, uh, your hot and catch fire plug, mate. <laughs> Always got to get okay, it. Okay, look, yeah, this looks interesting. Um, it does, I mean, from the poster, it does look like one of those sort of fairly generic. It is, that's what it is. American comedies. Yeah, it is. It's generic. Bit, bit below average, I guess. Um, I think, like, originally when it, when we saw the trailer, our, our friend Andy and I, like, we like to go see trash films and, like, oh, laugh yeah. at them. Um, and we thought, this, this looks class because it's got the three boys in it. Mm. But. Um, we didn't end up going, so that's why I put it on and watched it. All right, so I want to ask some advice, right? For for wholesome Mel, my wife. Yeah. Uh, would she like this film? No. Is it not wholesome enough? No, I don't, it's not. Wholesome, it's not wholesome enough. Okay, fine. Sorry, Mel. Well, I'll look for something else to watch. <laughs> yeah. Is that because in your list? I'm always nothing, nothing. I'm always wholesome. on. The, I'm always on the lookout for for something that I can watch for Mel that she'll find interesting to watch. So, uh, I've been watching some stuff this week. Yeah. Got quite a decent. Well, I like watching the podcast. I've I've watched a documentary that was on Netflix that got released this week. I think I don't know if you guys have heard of it. It's called American Factory. Yeah, I mean, no, not heard of that one. So right, I saw this on Netflix. The trailer popped up. This I thought, oh, this looks interesting. Basically, the premise is uh, this is a documentary. But in 2008 in America, there was a, a production plant in Ohio that made um, uh, manufactured cars. It was G- GM, um, and they had like I think they had like ten thousand people work there. I think maybe five thousand. But anyway, the the plant shut down, and those people lost their jobs. It was a, it was like a massive blow to the community there. Mm. And then I think it was two thousand fifteen, a Chinese billionaire yeah I know this came story. in and uh, invested in and I, I guess he bought the factory or invested in the in the, in the factory mm-hmm. and uh, moved a opened up a new. Uh, factory of his own which is his uh, I think it's Fayo or Fayo which is they make uh, manufacture windscreens mm. in China and basically his documentary follows that starting up uh, that company starting up in in, uh, in Ohio them hiring uh, I think it's 2,000 US workers and then they get a load of Chinese workers to come in as well to supervise and to train them up yeah. and they're basically trying to make it trying to make the factory run a profit uh, based in the US and they're trying to make it as good as the factories in China and it's just what's fascinating about the documentary is this you see this complete cultural divide of of the uh, workplace in China versus the workplace in the, in the, in the western world in, in the US you see like the American worker and the American like like citizen versus the Chinese citizen and what they expect and how much they expect to work so like say for example Obviously, the American workers eight hours a day, mm. five days a week. So they get, you know, they get like however many however many weekends off that is four weekends off a month. Whereas the Chinese workers will happily work and only get like two days off a month, two wow. to three days. Wow. They work like 12, 13 hour days, and that's normal. Yeah, and it's like, but what's fascinating? Oh, it's just such a fascinating documentary. I mean, maybe some people might find this boring, but I absolutely loved it. What's fascinating is just seeing like 
yeah it's like the the chinese the, the, the chinese are there and like you're reading subtitles of what all the chinese supervisors are saying about all the american workers and they're like oh yeah the americans have got fat fingers and they're really slow and just yeah they, they like they it's yeah it's just like the way the way they talk about the american workers versus the chinese workers and then and then, but then you also get these really interesting relationships emerging where some of the american families are like bringing in because these chinese people got families you know back at home and they just don't see them for like two years because they're Sucks. working in America. Mm. So like you have these some certain families like adopting these Chinese workers almost and like bringing them into the family and for Thanksgiving and that sort of stuff. And yeah, and then you've got this whole like storyline of the American workers trying to set up a union and the Chinese hating that. And, and it's this whole like communist culture and communist sort of like capitalist uh, like vision of of how work should be done versus the american vision and it's just a really interesting documentary i feel like this is another thing that's been uh podcasted about on this american life yeah this is uh, it. i'm pretty yeah. sure i've heard this story yeah, yeah, yeah. It, yeah. not not in this maybe as, there as was, full of form as yeah i as think what there was seen. there was one there was a i think it was a reply all maybe but there was one a similar story about a different factory or a different manufacturer somewhere else, and they were all all these different towns were bidding for this. Oh yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. It was an electronics company, I think. Ah, uh, um, right. Okay. So this this is like a uh, manufacturing company, but yeah, very interesting. Definitely worth a watch. Um, I was trying to think of anything else to talk about with that. Yeah. Oh, the other thing. Afterwards, I watched it, and towards the end, it touches on like automation, which is really interesting as well, and talking about how that's going to be affecting. American jobs and also Chinese jobs, mm. um, and how like in the next twenty years, how automation and uh, is going to basically decimate a lot of jobs in the Western world, which I think is going to be become a big, a lot bigger issue in the next few years. Uh, but what was interesting as well is I found out afterwards that the Obamas, so they set up a, a production company called Higher Ground, I think it was, mm-hmm. and this is their first film that they've like, they've like, oh, that's cool. right, I guess cool. like partnered cool. with the directors to make it. This is their first film they've released. So are they are they kind of how are they linked to it? I think are they just they, funders. I mean, I think they just yeah funded in it and then talking about it and, and pushing it as well. Um, so I think they've come in after it's been made and then they've picked it up. I think, but I'm, I'm not entirely sure. Yeah. But very interesting, definitely definitely worth a watch. I'd say. Second thing I'll talk about is uh, I'll be quick. Uh, if any, if you, I'm assuming you guys have both watched The Notebook at some yeah. point in your yeah, life. Yeah, of course so, yeah. So, I think, if you're looking for wholesome... Well, yeah, well, this is go. it. Me and Mel watched it last Mel, week. Mel, we've, we've got your wholesome yes. film. Me and Mel watched it. We, we were trying to pick a film. It was taking a long time. This came up. Mel chose it. I've watched it before. And, I mean, I just wanted to... I was just curious, because like, it's, it's one of those films that, like... I think everyone, every bloke has to watch with his with his girlfriend or wife at some point. Um, but I actually quite enjoyed it. Um, or, or on their own, you know, one day. Yeah, well, yeah. But it's very much like a... It is, a, I mean, like... Yeah, it's very much a... Uh, a rite of passage, I feel like. And I was just curious, like, what, what your, your guys' thoughts are. Because it's, like, fairly well... Like, it's almost a, bit, almost a bit of a... Not a joke, but it's, like... People in like TV shows and stuff always talk about. Like, I've, I've seen it referenced loads, like in like in lots, lots of different shows that like, watch the Notebook and stuff. Like well, Ryan Gosling didn't just walk into Drive, did he? He had to do something before that. So uh... <laughs> he played is it Jacob? Yeah, I think yeah, I think it's yeah, Jacob. Yeah. yeah, Jacob. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Anyway, I don't have much. To, it's just like it's a. Re- it's actually. Did you cry? I didn't cry, but it's it's sad and it's it's a really like in terms of like those films, it's definitely 
one of the better sort of like I think, yeah, I think it's a nice story that one like sort of in there with like Benjamin Button and then those sort of films that also no, it's not it. like Benjamin it Button it's oh, not it like is. Benjamin Button the Benjamin what? Button like what's the film called I, I um, see I see the link it's it's about yeah it's about a relationship Forrest Gump there's, 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 there's like those sort of films no it's, it's not in that no it's separate to Forrest Gump and Benjamin no, Button just for me it feels like that it's the same, <clears throat> same sort of like vein of films of like films that Mel likes well that I know well I don't think Mel's I've watched Benjamin Button I, I know what you're maybe saying maybe she would like it, it involves a relationship yeah yeah and there's an issue with within the relationship that yeah. causes it to fall apart it's like a lifelong thing yeah watching, the, the, watching them go over their whole lives and like this like couple are trying to work it out together and they eventually get together at the end it's oh it's like yeah. anyway it's not a terrible film like for yeah, I'm just curious I, I think, to see what you guys. I think for that style of film, it's it's pretty good. Yes, I think like, it's up there for a romantic film. Oh yeah, and I think you're right. Like I've watched it with Sarah. Yeah. So I mean, like it. Yeah, I'm sure it's like a pretty much of a staple of. I also like love Ryan Gosling in it, and I, and I, I really wish I could just build a massive house. You know, back <laughs> in the day, it's so cool. You know what though? If I watch it now, I think I would laugh like loads. Yeah, it is. He does look really young in it. As yeah, well. does he? Yeah, he looks really young. Uh. Have you guys watched Mindhunter? The- not yet. No. Oh uh, yeah, you. Well, okay. Well, let's not talk about that because we're all watching it, right? I finished it. You finished season finished two. It. Yeah. Ooh. I'm not even finished Stranger Things. Okay, yet. right. We'll talk about it next time if you guys. I'll, 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 people who listen to the podcast, Mindhunter is awesome. Yes, definitely watch it. Season one was amazing. Okay, so I'll, we'll talk about it next time. I've but, got I've got one more thing to talk about. Okay. This is a TV show from a very very long time ago. It's actually on YouTube. There's no surprises that it's an old TV show. And yeah, it's a very old TV show. And it's very regional, like to Bolton Friends. in particular. Bolton? Yeah. It, have, you, have you heard of a guy called Fred Dibner? No, no. no. That's a great name, though. Fred Dibner. Like, basically, he's famous for knocking down chimneys and repairing, like, chimneys. Like, <laughs> Is this because you in... find the chimney and you were just like, did you do a bit of Googling? No, no, no. Like, I don't know what, why it came up on like YouTube as like a recommended thing. Like I follow like a lot of people who build stuff um, on YouTube, and this and this came up. And I was like, oh yeah, I remember watching that with my granddad. And basically, it's like a TV crew that follows him as he goes around climbing up chimneys without any safety equipment. Like oh, basically, yeah. they're just like putting ladders into chimneys and like knocking stuff in, and he doesn't have any ropes. Uh, so alongside like knocking down chimneys. Like, you know, like putting demolition, like... This is the weirdest recommendation I've ever heard. <laughs> I know, like, yeah. Like, besides doing that, he also has got, like, a fascination for steam engines. Uh, and so, oh, I know this guy. Did yeah. he build something in his back garden or something? Yeah, steam engine. Yeah, yeah. I remember him now. But I mean, it's really weird because he's, like, he's, dry, he's going to a steam engine rally and him and his family will pull into a pub and he'll have a pint and then he'll get back on his steam engine and then he'll go to another pub and he'll have another pint. It's just like a, a time capsule of an era where that mm. was okay <laughs> exactly. enough for that to be filmed. <laughs> so a guy driving like a 20-ton steam engine while two or three pints deep. Wow. So yeah, it's all on YouTube. Okay. Um, it's it's probably not for everyone, but I, I find it really fascinating. His views on women are not particularly great. He's very northern and not of a particular... Era. era yeah but yeah it's just an interesting interesting watch it's all on youtube it's all on youtube yeah what's so it called again i think the tv show is just called fred um <laughs> google fred on but, YouTube. <laughs> uh, fred dibner uh fred dibner knocking down a chimney basically he knocks out a load of bricks from the bottom and he sets a fire underneath this like you know 
two, three, four hundred foot chimney. And um, yeah, when when it starts to uh, fall over, he gets this big horn and goes, whap, whap, everyone get out of the way. <laughs> yeah, it's worth a watch. Different I don't think to... I've ever seen a TV show based around knocking down chimneys. That's amazing. It's great. It's Yeah, yeah, have a watch. Right, I think that's an exhausted list. <laughs> and sh- We're going to have no time to talk about pop fiction. Is yeah. Fred Dimmler going to be in like the, the podcast name? Oh, I could put, <laughs> put it in. Right, let's move on. Let's do it. And we've arrived. It's time to talk about Pulp Fiction. It is time to talk about Pulp Fiction. So, Pulp Fiction, written and directed by Quentin Tarantino. No way. Obviously. <laughs> Other films that came out in 1994, I thought this would be interesting. Oh, yeah. So, I'll, I'll start from the bottom. Ace Ventura, Pet Detective. Awesome. The Mask. Awesome. <laughs> Interview with a Vampire. Natural Born Killers. Four Weddings and a Funeral. Little Women. That's a good classic film there. What is this year? Leon. Oh, nice. Forrest Gump. I mentioned him before. Yeah. The Lion King. Shawshank Redemption. Yeah. That was the last one apart from Pulp Fiction. Pulp Fiction is the uh, highest rated in terms of popularity of all those films on IMDb. So yeah. that's interesting. How do you want to talk about this? Should we start off with, I guess, the structure of the film to start off with? Yeah. Yes. Okay. Let's do that. But can we talk about the the actual name of the film pulp yeah. fiction so it's, it opens up doesn't it with a description yeah. at the start because that that kind of leads into sure so what does pulp fiction mean well pulp is crushed up like like vegetables or fruit or something like that but then it's also he said it he said like it was like short comic books like it, like or sto- short stories it's it's stuff that you would maybe read once and throw away yeah. Uh, so it's not like a novel type thing. It's like more of a kind of like a magazine that you'd maybe have and then just like dis- discard. Yeah, pulp magazines are hard and hard-boiled crime novels popular during the mid-20th century. Um, yeah, so, so throwaway novels. and makes me stories. think that he had the name of the film first and then wrote wrote the film and then cut it up. Maybe I'm not sure. I just that I think that's how it that's how it felt. I think like he had an idea to do like three kind of stories, but just coincidentally use the same characters throughout each of the stories. Yeah. So, um, you know the the first uh, act is. Um, do we know the title of the first act? So there's so. Um, well, I mean, the the film is not really split up into like three. It's like it's like three or four stories, isn't there? Yeah. So the first story it opens up with the diner, yeah, diner scene with pumpkin and honey bunny. Uh, the second story going on is Vincent and Julian, so they um, are, they are heading towards uh, collecting a briefcase, and the, that whole story is basically going to get the briefcase. Vincent is the protagonist, and he goes after that goes gets drugs, and then goes and meets Mia Wallace. Uh, and goes up to diner, and then story three is again more more heavily uh, based on, on Julian. Uh, after he's shot the guy in the car, and then the clean up, and it's sort of centered around that whole mm-hmm. escapade of waiting for Tarantino's wife to come home. And then the fourth story would be Butch the boxer, and then him agreeing to with Mar- Marcellus Wallace to throw the fight, but then deciding to not go through with it and. Uh, 
ending up in some dungeon with Marcellus Wallace <laughs> and some crazy events that happen. So yeah, I mean, but they're like the. I mean, it's really three main stories plus mm. the diner stuff that sort of ties it together. Yep. I think like with a story like that, because it's restarting every so often, and not not completely restarting, mm. but there's fresh stories coming out. It just keeps you gripped into it because it's yeah, quite it a long film. On, yeah. This was it two hours twenty. It's two hours and thirty four minutes. Two hours and thirty four minutes. So it's a reasonably long film, but there's you know three or four stories uh, going through it, which you know keep, yeah. If you're not interested in one story, another story will come up and it'll yeah. keep you entertained through it. I think it's one of the only. Well, you can definitely tell when you're watching it that it doesn't really follow the normal three act structure, and, it, and also because of the the sort of uh, non-linear storytelling with, where it's going back and forth with different time period, different times of the film, so you you're getting you're seeing characters wearing different clothes that you're not you haven't seen yet and you're not yeah, sure how they're getting yeah. there. I love that. Though. It just makes you like it just keeps you like keeps you on your toes and guessing trying yeah, to figure out what's going on. Mm. I mean as soon as you've watched it the first time and you sort of see how it fits together, but when you're first watching it it's and I think this was a fairly I was chatting to some guy, uh, guy at work as well about this and he was saying when it first came out it was like one of the only films that had started no one of the first films to do this sort of thing. I think it's become a lot more It's quite common now I'd common say. to mix up the storyline the yeah. timelines and stuff but back then it was quite new and fresh um and it, i mean for me just the way this film opens is so it's so good it's electrified mm. it's just like it it feels like it, you know the, the dinosaur scene and then it cuts to that that the music mm. and it's just perfectly synced up and it's and just I love like it. you know when it changes as well mm. it's quite he's just bold bold oh, yeah. bold bold bold, bold. Mm. He, he he definitely like he had a vision for what he wanted yeah. to do yeah and he's like and he's not been. He was not afraid to like pull his punches. He just went out, went for it the whole the whole way. Um, yeah. So would you say that you and Jack, you guys enjoyed the way that the story was like put together? Like not the sorry, the the plot, the way it's structured and the way. I, yeah, think, it was, yeah. I think it was really refreshing. Mm. I, Even now, the, yeah. The only two films I could really think that have done a structure like that is maybe like Cloud Atlas, which is just insane. Compl- yeah, it's complicated. yeah, yeah. But I like um, and then Crash. Um, oh yeah crash yeah that's a good example where that's you know sort of yeah i mean this is a much more simpler version of that and i kind of i like i like that it's done it because there is a character who gets killed in one of the earlier sections and then comes back later on yeah yeah uh, and you think oh are we gonna like yeah like this is unusual but it's nice to see him back which one dies early on john travolta's character yeah he dies Bruce, with, Bruce Willis kills yeah, yeah. him. But isn't that later on? I thought that was later on. No, no he comes back towards the actual end of like the running time of the film. So oh, they, okay. they have the they have part of the scene in the apartment and then they cut to him getting the, the drugs. Cuts to them going to drop off the briefcase and it cuts to him having the, the date and then it does the, all the Bruce Willis stuff. So he dies in that Bruce Willis stuff and then it goes back to him again because they do the, the sh- getting shot in the head. Yes, thing. okay. Yeah, yeah. So um, they, yeah, they, go, they do the... Yeah, I remember that now. Yeah. Like, uh, like, it was really refreshing. It's just insane. I kind of would, a little part of me would kind of like to watch the diner scene as like one whole moment because that, the ending of the film and the starting of the film are that that the diner scene is so. There's probably a YouTube flipping of that. good. Oh yeah, yeah, there probably the thing is. is yeah. The thing is though, what I liked about that is, but it's it's, it's a it's, perfect opening to the film. Yeah, and also if you just went straight into that diner scene, you wouldn't really understand. The story arc of of um, Samuel Jackson's character. Yeah. So yeah. like obviously him deciding, uh, you realize like, if that would just happen as one scene, you wouldn't you wouldn't understand why he decided to not to not like 
kill the guy or whatever yeah. and just let him go and stuff. Like it's all, it's because he chose to leave that life of crime because of the miracle happens or whatever. Or what he yeah. Is a miracle. <laughs> yeah. Um, and like you see that his his he, I think his his character is probably the one that has the biggest story arc and like the biggest change throughout the film. Mm-hmm. And he's the one who ends up like you know, he get he's, he gets out of the. That, that criminal world, I suppose, that's what you're led to believe. Whereas obviously Vincent, John Travolta's character, carries on yeah. as normal and ends up, you know, getting killed. So like, but, I don't know, it's a bit of a... And it's the thing, because Samuel Jackson's character, when he leaves, in a way, I think that's probably why John Travolta's character died. It's because he didn't have his wingman. Like, it, 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 if his wingman was there, he might have lived through that moment. Yeah, I suppose. Mm. Um, I don't know. I think it's it's just, the characters felt quite, real to me in that mm. sense i was thinking about that when john travolta died i was like oh but if samuel was there then he might have lived like or samuel Sam- samuel hell <laughs> samuel hell um so do you want to talk about um okay so we've got i mean the main characters who do you say the main characters are there's julian who's played by samuel jackson mm. there's vincent played by john travolta yeah Butch, who's the boxer, played by Bruce Willis. Butch the boxer. Uh, Mia Wallace, I think, is probably quite an integral character, who's uh, the girlfriend of or the wife of um, of Marcellus Wallace, who goes on a date. Is there anybody else really who's like? I mean, there's a lot of cameos as well in the film. Obviously, there's um, there's Christopher Walken has a really awesome scene where he's talking to this young Butch, uh, you know, talking about the timepiece that is. He had to smuggle out of it. He had to put in his butt. So, how good is that scene? <laughs> it's brilliant. His voice. Oh, yeah. Mm. And then there's also, like, obviously... Quentin Tarantino. Tarantino's in there. There's, uh, I believe... There's Steve Buscemi. He's Buddy Holly. Steve Buscemi, yeah. Buscemi, sorry. Yes. Yeah, there's a bunch of, like, cameos and little, like, little like, extra roles. That, like, I'm looking through, like, the actors list now, and, like, all the actors have got, like, really unique faces like a lot of hollywood mm. has just like very pristine looking characters yeah a lot of these people look kind of quite real in in some aspects not like the pristine hollywood versions of of uh actors that you see in more modern films there's like some haggard faces in there bruce willis particularly he was still caring about yes, acting at that point definitely one of the standout actors in the film like and he's one of the characters that you really like even though he's quite dismissive, like I think he ends up, like when he fights, when he's in the bo- when he's in the boxing match, you obviously don't see it, but you hear that like, he ended up killing the guy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. And he, you know, he's like, oh, I feel bad, but for that, that dude, but whatever, I'm not bothered. It's just my job. Like, but he also is like really cool, like character. And then like I don't know, yeah. I mean, he's probably, I'd say he's probably probably my favorite out of the, out of the lot. Like I do like Samuel Jackson's character, but I think I prefer Butch. Is that, I like his storyline more as well, I think. I, th- I think every single character that Quentin like, wrote lines for and put on the screen, I think, because Heather and I were talking about it afterwards, were all really interesting, mm. had a point, even to the point where, you know where um, Bruce Willis's character, Butch, is getting, he's in the taxi and he's talking to that random lady oh, who's yeah. at the front. Yeah, the taxi she, driver. She's basically a throwaway character, but because she's got some dialogue, it's really interesting. And, and she's quite, mm. and she's quite a, definitely a distinct. Yeah. She's like, yeah, someone you would remember. I do remember her, yeah. yeah. And I just think, like, hats off to him because, like, every single person that came on screen, I was just really captivated by what they had to say, what they were doing. Like, you know, the drug dealer with his wife and it's like, oh, I yeah. can't find the black book. Yeah, I don't yeah, know yeah. where it's like, why have you got the black? And I was like, it's just really good. It's just it, really good. It, it, it does seem, it's it really seems like the way that he writes dialogue is, it's 
not particularly that naturalistic, I don't think. Yeah. I think it's, uh, I think, like I said last stylized, week. stylized, maybe. It's stylized, but I think what he does, he does is he, he sort of filters out the sort of stuff you don't really care about and he sort of heightens the stuff you do care about. Yeah. But also somehow manages to make it feel like real to that character yeah. in his world. And I think part of that is the whole like, you know, have you heard about his, the Quentin Tarantino's universes of his films? No. Okay, so this film is set in his real and real universe, which is in the same, it's the same timeline, the same universe as Once Upon a Time in Hollywood okay. and The Glorious Bastards and Django Unchained. Um, so all those films are in the same sort of universe. Yeah. And then there is, the other universe he has is, is a movie in a movie universe, which is basically uh, like films like Kill Bill and Dust Till Dawn and um, uh, Death Proof. Oh yeah. Death Proof, that's called, yeah. So those ones are films within his real and real universe. So like he has like so then he heightens them up and does cr- even crazier things with those, but yeah that that that's like and there's links between them all with all those universes, but yeah that so so for this film, it's supposed to be in the same world as like yeah Hateful Eight and Glorious Bastards and Django Jade and stuff. So I don't know what I don't know what the point I was making on that was, but anyway. So the other thing that I really enjoyed like um but with the characters in a scene right. They very he very rarely moved, and he had he basically, especially the diner scene is a good example. Or when he was with the drug dealer, like it's usually set in like one room, and then mm. it's just a conversation between two people. Mm. Yeah, and I've never like I was just always really captivated by the things that they were saying because a lot of it was like nonsensical, stupid stuff. Yeah, like, and also because like, the criminals aren't they as well. And yeah, they, they don't they talk like normal people. Yeah, you expect. Yeah, you yeah, don't yeah. really expect you expect them to all talk about you know specific things to do with criminal criminal lives or whatever. but it was just like them chatting about milkshakes and stuff like, <laughs> yeah yeah the, the yeah. things feel important to them like yeah. quentin tarantino's character is like my wife's coming home like yeah these people have just like shot a guy in the head but his wife's coming home and he's making that important to yeah. those guys like yeah. you don't understand like you've I, killed someone yeah. my wife's coming home she's gonna kill me <laughs> i i did enjoy that whole that whole section uh with tarantino however it probably is the weakest part of the film because he, he does pull you out quite a bit he's not a, great, a brilliant actor he's okay but he's not a brilliant actor and, he, and also because you know it's tarantino it sort of pulls you out a little bit i feel like again with like once upon a time that you can definitely tell like he's put he's like reined it in a lot more where he's not he's not inserting himself into the film mm. as much again even like hateful eight he still he put his narration in yeah where yeah, he's yeah. like once upon a time he, he didn't do any of that which is good but then again like you got you know, django which is yeah yeah that was bad anyway whatever at, at least i mean i i quite enjoyed that whole segment anyway because because like um the character of the wolf oh, is amazing so cool yeah, so I was wondering cool, like why he was in those adverts. I was like, uh, "What is he from? Like, <laughs> yeah. what? Like, what is? It? I'm sure there's some joke which I'm like not getting or reference, like some yeah. reference." Wait, so this isn't the first time you've seen this film, right? I saw it a very, very long time ago. Oh, okay, so, okay, okay. So then, yeah, I think know. it's the second time I've I've seen it. I was like, "Why have I not seen this again sooner?" Because this did did any of these any of this like when you watched it the first time, like watching it again now, did things pop out to you that you yeah. remembered from that point? Like, oh yeah, this this stuck with me. Yeah, there's definitely like loads of bits of the film, like so the Bruce Willis stuff that really stuck with me, um, and then like the the date the date stuff really stuck with me, um, but. It, I think the thing that sticks in my mind is like the Uma Therma dancing oh, yeah, scene yeah, because yeah. that seems to be the bit that gets referenced a lot in like 
like pop culture whenever anyone talks about Pulp Fiction that that particular scene where uh, her and John Travolta are in the dancing competition that seems to be the image that comes to mind when mm-hmm. Pulp Fiction's um, for, mentioned yeah. for me it was Samuel Jackson's monologues him doing the talk yeah. about the, the burger and the, yeah. <laughs> his Ratch Sanger and all that sort of stuff and the, the only other one thing I would say in terms of like I wouldn't say characters, but just in general, I thought the comedy in this film was on point mm. all the time. Like, so I'm going to use one example because it's, it's probably one of my favorite jokes in the film. It's the bit where Bruce Willis is in the shower, right? And he keeps covering himself, and then his girlfriend gets in front of him to cover his like his his penis, and essentially like puts the towel in front of it. And then as soon as he turns to the side, you just see it, and it's yeah. like, "There's the joke." It's <laughs> like you thought you wouldn't, and. He's just is very good at comedy. I think. Yeah, I agree. Like, I there's there's two scenes for me that stand out for for the comedic moments. There's the one scene where uh, Vincent and Julie, Julian have to both wear these terrible oh, t-shirts. So good, yeah. Not like they're from Florida <laughs> or whatever. Like that's that's amazing. Um, just putting them as like really hard guys, really scary like criminals in these silly like t-shirts and shorts. Yeah. Second. Actually, there's, there's probably another one as well, but the, the scene where he shoots the guy in the back it's of the car. It's so good, isn't it? I wanted to say that. It's yeah, so yeah, yeah. horrible because, and it, but when they're describing how they have to clean it up and all they get, yeah. getting a bit of the brain out of his hair and <laughs> scooping up the blood, and it's like, oh, it's so disgusting, but also kind of funny as well. It's one of those things like most films wouldn't ever explore that. They wouldn't yeah. ever talk about, oh, how do you clean up the, the mess that's left? And like, to, yeah. And then the final one for me is uh, Bruce Willis uh, talking to his girlfriend when they're just about to leave. And he's like, he's getting really frustrated because he yeah. wants to just get on the bike. And she's yeah. like, whose bike is this? And then and he gets really angry and she starts crying like a little kid or whatever. And he's like, I'm sorry, baby. How are the pancakes? Like, <laughs> did, you, did you enjoy your blueberry pancakes? He's like, oh, I didn't have any blueberry. Yeah. And it's just like, all that stuff has just happened to him. And he's having to like, yeah. trying to trying to get her to, to, to stop crying. It's just brilliant. Absolutely. It's very, it's, it's a good film. This is a good film. I agree. Mm. It's yeah. a good film. Like, it's nice to because obviously once upon a time, once upon a time in Hollywood, I did enjoy it after thinking about it for a while, but I still didn't like love it. Mm. Whereas, like, I'm watching this film and I'm this like, goes down smooth, doesn't it? Yeah, it really, really does. Like, Even if it is quite a long film, it is a bit, maybe a bit too long in a few parts, but it, but it, it's so, there's so much going on. There's a lot of action because yeah. it's changing and mixing it up so much. Yeah. Which is, I guess, quite different to Once Upon a Time in Hollywood. Like, mm-hmm. how, how, you know, those two films, just because of the structure, is very different. Like the feel mm. and the vibes of them, and how how fast it is, and how like how many characters there are. Because there's, there's only a few characters in Once Upon a Time. Really, yeah, yeah. That you're concentrating on, Johnny. What I mean, did you have anything that stood out to you? Um, I I just generally really enjoyed the whole the whole film. Bits that stuck out to me, the wolf, really like that section yeah, like just like all these detail that went into that character and just the thought of that character in a, in a movie a guy yeah. who like fixes stuff yeah the whole drug overdose yeah scene yeah. kind of intense yeah it was pretty intense and i don't well i think it was a bit more of a thing in the 90s where there was a lot of drug taking yeah. scenes i don't you, I think with more modern films, you don't really see that. No. Sort I think the of last one, I much. Can, the last one I can think of was probably the scene from Wolf of Wall Street, where oh, he, yeah, he yeah. takes Valium, Ludes. Oh yeah, and he, uh, he drives his Lambo, or whatever, and it's so just a ridiculous. But it's so funny. 
Like that, I can see that scene being a Tarantino film for some reason. It just seems to fit. It is his... quite Tarantino-esque, yeah. isn't it? Yeah. It is quite Tarantino-esque. But was there like a psychedelic section of that? I mean, when someone takes some drugs, I can't see it. When that that bit kind of went on for quite a while. Yeah, I thought. Yeah, him sort of going to the uh, drug dealer's house to get the um, uh, yeah, adrenal- adrenaline oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. to stab it in the heart. That that was a pretty like. Yeah, and he crashes the car. Moment. Yeah, it's good. It's like it's good. Like I'm gonna, I'm gonna be forced to tell my boss that you didn't help me unless you help me now. Just <laughs> what happened to John Travolta, man? Like he used to be such a good actor. You know what? I've heard there's a film that's just coming out in America. It's not mm-hmm. out yet, over here yet. Called The Fanatic. Oh yeah, he's in, and it's uh, directed by the guy from Limp- is it Fred Durst from Limp- Limp- Oh Biscuit? my goodness! <laughs> and it's actually supposed to be quite, pretty good. I saw the trailer it, for it. It looks like it'd be all right. Like he's basically, well, from what I heard, it sounded a bit like King of Comedy, but he's basically this like, from what I understand, he's a almost on the spectrum guy who's obviously obsessed with certain celebrities, and yeah, it sounded really interesting. Like, uh, yeah, I mean, I haven't seen John Travolta in anything good in a long while. No, it's been a while. I've been wanting to watch that Gotti. Maybe I'll watch that this week and report back on it. Uh, but yeah, I mean. It's been yeah, it's been a while since he's been in anything good. I think. I think the last thing I would like to talk about is so I was chatting to Heather after the film because we were just like discussing it, obviously, and like one of her big things is like obviously it's a very revered film, like film critics love it. Uh, there's definitely if you do film courses at college or university, this film's definitely going to come up. Yeah, I think because of how it breaks the normal structure of the film. Yeah, the films. Yeah, and like. So she didn't really enjoy it, really, because um, of for various reasons. It just wasn't her jam. Yeah. Like she was saying stuff like, you know, I just like easy films. And that's not true because she does like complicated films. Yeah. Like she was definitely selling herself short on that. But with this, like, I can totally see everything she was bringing up, the things that she didn't really get, or the things that she didn't really understand, and the things that she didn't like about the film. I completely. Valid points. Yeah, they were valid points. Yeah, I completely understand. But it's like, you know, do you guys ever have any films or have you had an experience where, like, there's this really, really good film and you've watched it and you've just been like, uh, nah, don't get it. Not my jam. Yeah. That's, I'm trying to think of a good example. Sorry, I've just sprung this on you. <laughs> oh, no, because Avengers isn't like, it's not like a classic, is it? Like, you know, I guess maybe North by Northwest. Really like, <laughs> I would say I watched Shawshank Redemption and thought that was pretty overrated. Oh, oh. Whoa, whoa, whoa. dangerous territory. Like, because people say it's like the best film of all time and it's like, eh, it's fine. Yeah, but the reason I, I, I would sort of try and back that up is that it ticks a lot of the boxes and it it's like it's because it's if you think of the average yeah it's like the average best film of all time but it's it's not it's not the best film of all time yeah i think this film like i think it's definitely because it's so stylized i think Mm -hmm. it is going to be one of those films that some people just don't get on with like so in terms of like okay mel watched it with me she thought it was fine. She thought it was okay. She enjoyed bits of it. She thought some of the comedy moments were quite funny, mm-hmm. but it wasn't really her thing. Do you think, yeah, do you think yeah. it's more like a a laddie boy sort of? No, film no, definitely. Rather than no, not not at all. Like not at all. I just think it it is quite artistic, and like it's trying to do something quite complicated, 
And it's for some people that's not what they want to get from films. And if you're not, if you can't follow complicated storylines, and you just so for example, like we are all probably pretty good at listening to the dialogue and then watching what's happening in the background. But for Heather, say she likes looking at what's happening in the background rather than what the 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 people are saying. Mm. So. With a Tarantino film, if you're not listening to the dialogue, you're going to miss a lot. Yeah. Mm. I think this film definitely... It helped that I've watched it before. So that definitely helps. And going in knowing how how it's structured, mm-hmm. it definitely helps watching it. Um, I feel like this film could potentially be a play because of the amount of dialogue and character development mm-hmm. that's that happens yeah. through that. Uh, I mean, obviously, there are a few action scenes and stuff like that, but a lot of it is very... Most of it's off-screen, isn't it? A lot of the action scenes are off-screen. Most of it's like... The only bit of kind of major action is like the car crash and like the outside gun battle, but a lot of it is indoors in buildings Mostly just characters talking to each other. Yeah. Um, Yeah. So I feel like it would work well in in that setting. It'd be really weird. It'd be cool to watch the Pulp Pulp Fiction, the musical or something <laughs> apparently there's a um, I didn't realise this there's, there's a Hateful Eight um, there's a version of Hateful Eight on Netflix I don't know if it's on the U- U- UK Netflix but in America which is uh, it's an extra 40 minutes long I think the actual film but it's been split up into like a mini series instead oh that's cool so you watch it as an episode, episodic which I thought was quite interesting um, you've chosen a good one here mate I yeah. don't think we're going to be able to beat it well I don't know I mean I the my choice if you don't choose it Johnny is is my favorite Tarantino film? Um, who's? I guess we need to figure out who's going to go next, don't we? Oh yeah, yeah. So just so the just for you guys at, uh, at home listening, we're, what we're going to do this time is we're going to watch all. We're going to watch the four uh, movies and then we're going to rank them at the end. I think. Yes. So we'll rank them on the final episode. We'll um, we'll maybe talk a little bit about some of these other films, mm-hmm. and then we'll announce what we're doing next for the next season. I guess. Yes. Um, so. How do we do this? We're doing a uh, rock, paper, scissors, which is probably going to be terrible for radio, but hey, let's try it. I mean, we're going to flip, or flip a coin. Like, what would you let's do rock, paper, scissors. Okay, what yeah. are we doing? So best of three. Yeah, we're going to do like one, two, three. Yeah. Um, and then okay. you've got to call what you've got, what you've done. So, oh, okay, so, okay, so okay, okay yeah. yeah. Ready? So one, two, three, cha. Oh, so we've both got scissors. We've got scissors. One, two, three, cha. Yeah. Okay, so, so it's one for me. One firing. So I got, I got uh, paper. I got rock. Ready? One, two, three, chop. Yes. Oh, pants. Double bluff. Right, so I choose, right? Yeah, you choose. Yeah, okay. Finally, I choose Reservoir Dogs. That's oh, my, okay. That's my choice. So you're going for his, his first major yeah, film. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, that's, I mean, these these are the two. I mean, this is interesting because I guess like the this uh, Pulp Fiction is the second major film that came out. Yeah. And I think he still had that, like, I mean, I think he's still an amazing director, don't get me wrong, but you can definitely tell He's got like fresh ideas. It's got a bit of a light, bit of like lightning in the bottle sort of mm-hmm. like time time period for him. And Reservoir Dogs, I've watched, but it was a long time ago. Yeah. And I'm glad that wasn't my choice. Yeah, I didn't get. I don't. I don't think I fully got it at the time. So I'm kind of looking forward to. Have you seen? Have you seen Twelve Angry Men? I have. Yes. There we go. That's just Twelve Angry Men. But yeah, just- I guess so. <laughs> <laughs> I love that film Tom, it's yeah, one of my favourites that, that's I'm, a film that holds up yeah you recommended that to me yeah it's good and I went and watched it and it's cl- absolutely class considering it's all in one, all in one room as yeah. well yeah and I would say this is pretty similar to that yes 
Oh, interesting. Yeah. So yeah, well, we'll, we'll next time we come back, we'll we'll be reservoir dogged up. The only thing I want to say is, we obviously last week we got a lot of feedback. This we have had a lot of feedback from people that listen to the podcast, but it's like it's more just nice things. So I just want to say to the listeners, i.e., our friends and other people that have messaged us. Thank you so much for like your awesome feedback. Like we really appreciate it. We understand that you liked the last episode and uh, that's awesome. Like it's really nice. Yeah. I've got a little bit of feedback. Oh, you do? Which I meant to mention earlier on, okay. which was, um, it's not even big. It's just like, so uh, my um, mother-in-law is currently listening to our podcast, each week, <laughs> yeah. which she's like quite a few months behind. So this week I went to drop off my, kid, uh, my baby at her house. She's looking after her. And one of the first things she said was, uh, she said, uh, "You were really mean to Johnny." And I was like, "What?" She's like, "Not by now, first is a brilliant film." Just <laughs> <laughs> ganged up on, and Thanks. she was telling me about what's the lead actor? What's the lead actor in that film called? Uh, Cary Grant. Yeah, she was telling me about how amazing Cary Grant was at the time, and you just don't, you just don't understand. Like, it's just it's a, it was it was amazing at the time for the anyway. So she was going on for that for a while. That was so. I I, I feel a little bit bad, but nah, I still don't. whatever. I don't feel bad. Just to, if you're listening to this, I don't feel bad. <laughs> I didn't think it was good. And Dad, if you listen to this, sorry, mate. <laughs> it's brutal, this guy. Brutal. Right, okay. Well, um, thank you for uh, listening. If you want to get in touch, you can email us on uh, moviequestpod at gmail.com or you can message us on Instagram at moviequestcast. Yes. Uh, thank you for listening. We'll see you next week for uh, Reservoir Dogs. Wait, wait, wait. Just wait, take a quick wait. selfie with oh. us all in it whilst we're, whilst we're podding. Hey. Can we do that? Yes. See, you're now you're part of the podcast now, listeners. I don't know what I'm talking about anymore. Okay. That right. was a good choice, Anne. I'm really happy that you oh, chose it. Thank that. you. Uh, I enjoyed watching it and I'm looking forward to Reservoir Dogs. Don't know if Mel's going to be looking forward to it. But nope. Hey ho. Uh, we can talk about that after. Does it matter? Yep. Right. See you later, guys. Bye, guys. Bye. Bye. Bye.